0: Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is The Other Thing I Do. It's been a rough week for everyone, so I thought I'd do what I could to make today a little brighter. And when friend of the show, Ennis Esmer, tweeted that he'd spent most of Christmas powering through all the James Bond films, with the encouragement of his lifelong friend and Blind Spot and Children Ruin Everything co-star Aaron Abrams, who's also a friend of the show, it just made sense to put them together for a completely unstructured conversation about all things 007. the Movies, the actors, the way the franchise has changed with times, and the way it's decidedly not changed in a few crucial ways. So strap on your jetpack, and here we go. This is someone else's movie. I'm sorry.
1: As I was watching these, Aaron was like my Sherpa through this stuff, because he was, he, he's been watching the Bond movies over and over since he's a, he's a kid. He's a huge fan, but he knows so much about all of them, and so it was like pop-up video or like a director commentary happening it's in real time. Fun. It was it was great. It was great.
2: Yeah, and I think that's almost the best way to watch these is with someone who like cuz there's so many people who know too much about them. Mm-hmm. And then watching them with someone who doesn't know anything about them. It made me enjoy it cuz I don't I don't even think I like them anymore. Like I it's I was so obsessed when I was a kid. Like I would have lists and fan fiction and all this and then like I watch them now and it's like almost like Yes, yes, and then this, and then that. like it doesn't bring me real nostalgia vibes. I think because they keep making them,
0: yeah, and like the new ones
2: come out, and they don't really. I know how they used to make me feel, and they don't feel that way anymore. So it's hard to to capture what you did when you first experienced them. So it's great to see it through somebody else's eyes, like Ennis.
0: Yeah, it's a weird chasing the dragon kind of thing with the bonds. Um, I same yes. with me. I, I grew this up with them. Right. I've I've uh, I've seen them all in order couple of times now over the years. Wow. Um, when when Kate and I were first living together, we did a winter project to just watch them all because she she had seen them, but in that sort of casual watching on television sort of way that growing up in the UK as a kid, that's they were on at Christmas. You would just see whichever one was up and not really think about it. Plus, they're not serialized until the, the Daniel Craig's came along. So mm-hmm. you could just drop in and out. And so we watched them in order and you know, I think at the time it was before Casino Royale. So there were maybe only 20 films. And it's like, yeah, this will keep us going through the winter. And it almost took a full year just because we hit the the mid-period moors and just lost all of our excitement. Because those are not good.
2: Which ones um, are you? The oh, like, like you're talking octopusy was the oh, drop off for you?
0: Before that. No, Moonraker for, your eyes only for a while. Moonraker, 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 Yeah. And I like For Your Eyes Only, but it did not hold up as well. Oh, as
1: here's a okay so as an entry point two things that stick out first of all like i've seen enough bonds as a kid through my parents to have these weird memories that when i was re-watching stuff like uh uh from russia with love or uh, I did, actually that's the one i didn't finish sorry what uh the the spy who loved me and mm-hmm. uh um moonraker i'd seen before and i was i remember being terrified of of Jaws as a kid, like to the point of having nightmares. And then I don't think I ever really held it in my mind that at the end of Moonraker, they've turned Jaws into like a lovable sitcom character who has a girlfriend. Like I kind of it shattered it for me. Even even in the in the one before, he's kind of scary in that one. But then that, that was a memory that stuck out in my mind. I was like, why was I scared of this guy? And then knowing like as an adult and thinking of like what a, a network executive or like a studio exec would do to change a character to make them lovable is just sort of, ugh, I couldn't believe they did that.
0: to poor Jaws in space oh, wow. with a yeah. tiny, tiny girlfriend. And it happens so quickly, too, because I remember that one of the most... Was Moonraker? No, Moonraker was the second one I saw in a theater. The first one was Spy Who Loved Me. So I would have been 11 when Moonraker came out. And the shot of Jaws in the clown suit walking slowly down that Mm. alleyway is fucking terrifying. It's really unnerving. And an hour later, he's making cute faces at at the tiny girl. And
2: there's nothing I hate more than a bad guy turning good in a movie. It is a The entire premise of the movie is how will this good guy beat this incredibly amazing, impenetrable, unbeatable bad guy? And Jaws is like the worst case of it because he's like Wiley Cody keeps coming back. He seems unbeatable. And you're like, James Bond's gonna have to beat him eventually. How will he do it? And for the movie to just be like, no, he's he's not, he just doesn't want to do he doesn't want to try and kill James Bond anymore, is infuriating to me. It's (laughs) uh, blue balls, it's awful. I hate it. It's such a cop out. It's the same with Mayday, who's a dope ass character in View to a Kill, and they kind of they they take it away. I mean, it's I don't like it.
1: Oh, like, that's the uh, the Grace Jones, right? That's uh, yeah. the best. I that was I think that one stands out as View to a Kill. If 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 the, the I think the most important criteria for these movies is the villain, and Christopher Walken, young Christopher Walken as a Bond villain is like that's that I I should have watched that as a kid because like, <laughs> it, it's kind of perfect in that way of how much it, it, and, you know aside from how crazy the the third act of it is but the thing about mayday that's amazing is that Christopher Walken kills all the employees helping him build that underground lair and then that and then she's still on board until he dumps her <laughs> he has to actively yeah. choose to break up with her and then she's like okay i'm with you bond let's let's take him out yeah so it's just purely driven by by uh, heartbreak and not you know a sense of propriety over mass murder. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's
2: also part of what bugs me is that it's kind of a sexist, soft-hearted turn where it's like, oh, she's a lady though. So, and I don't, I'm not into it. Yeah.
0: Let her find yes. out the truth. You know, the guy's a Nazi experiment. That would be enough to get yes. someone to break up with him.
2: Yes. Also, Grace Jones, I mean, maybe be less, have less allegiance to your Nazi experiment boyfriend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Just one thought is the deal breaker. You know, just one yeah. shot. And then she pushes him off a blimp or something. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, as long as someone gets pushed, someone has to get pushed off a blimp for sure. Well, these are the rules. So, okay, Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this now? We've already detoured into the midsection of the '80s, so we're halfway through the fun. This is fun. (laughs) This is great. This is like playing. I I mean, I don't know your idea of
2: going bond by bond, and then you're sort of talking about movies in in chunks and genre time periods and eras is probably something. Yeah. Order, keep it orderly.
0: Yeah. So I'm a little older than you guys, so I came to. I think we probably all came to the Moore era first. Uh, in terms of consciousness, this would have been the Bond, just because he spans that much time. He was the Bond when we were forming our idea of what Bond movies were. That's like the Connery old, had already yeah, retired. That was actually from- an
2: old one where I remember my dad being like, "You want to stay up late? You've never seen a Bond movie. But we've got to stay up late." And it was *Live and Let Die*. Okay. And I didn't know who james bond was i didn't know what spies were i didn't know what harlem was i didn't know what new orleans was i didn't know what voodoo was that movie blew my ass off And i love that's partly <laughs> why uh i fell in love with bond so hard also it was like a secret with my dad like the whole thing of it was so magical spy gadgets and all that. like all of it was so bananas um but that and it's all moore's like the perfect one to come on board when you're a kid because yeah. it's also he's very kid-friendly like he's funnier than connery in a pg way he's sort of um like they're they're kind of they're fun movies first more than i would say the connery ones so they seem very kid-friendly
1: like magical Yeah, they're they're laugh forward for sure as opposed Mm -hmm. to the that's like the one big difference right like for how cool connery is they're not they're not funny, which you could argue whether or not th- that makes it good that they're funny. But I think they should have yeah. more funny, funny. But bo- I think they should go back and forth like one should be hilarious and then one should be deadly serious as, a, as opposed to
0: like the last three Daniel Craig ones. I would actually album. I would appreciate a variety in tone because that hasn't been the signature for a very long time. Like the the Craig films only exist as a sort of refutation of what it had become by the time Brosnan was on board, which was an extension of the Moore years and how the Dalton films were a reaction to those by trying to bring it more back closer to where Connery was. So it, it is but always- I this feel like
2: they're also very reactionary to what the market is. Like for mm-hmm. Bond movies being like a pillar that have been in theaters for the 60 years, it's, and, and like a trendsetter in those early Connery ones where like so many people copied Bond movies get somehow flipped. Yeah. We're like- like Moonraker seems like a reaction to Star Wars. And then the Dalton ones are reaction to like Joel Silver movies. And then the, the Daniel Craig ones are for sure Born Identity ones where it's like no yeah. humor and a bunch of hand to hand sort of handheld
1: camera stuff. So, and like Chris Nolan Batman too. Like they're all, we've, we've been through this. I'm breaking down like they've really got it. Oh, like yeah. The like same the same energy.
2: quality stuff. And it really feels like jokery.
0: Yeah. Territory. Yeah. That's yeah. certainly true. The the sense that it is like you could argue that the elasticity is part of the appeal, but I think it's also prevented the series from satisfying anyone because it's always yeah. trying to be something for everyone, and that's just not possible.
2: Octopus is Indiana Jones, that's another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh God. Yeah. The, yeah, for sure. Like they're
2: but and they're that's the thing that's knocking a- stuff off. And it's almost embarrassing as a Bond fan when they do it because you're like, I'm here for Bond. Like I'm here for the thing that you guys do. You don't need to copy other stuff but that being said i uh, i mean the genre it does make for at least a variety like and so those Moore ones are kind of a little bit different every time like live and let die is like a black exploitation movie a little bit like it's yeah yeah and it's cool that right? he's like oh okay this one's Bond in indiana jones this one's bond in die hard or whatever that license to kill is supposed to be but it's great and and there's something nice about that whereas daniel craig is five straight born identities
0: yeah and i think that's that's where it's going to. Whatever happens next, however they reinvent think it'll be and the reboot exact same
1: it. style. I think, think they're, they're gonna wanna, yeah. keep going to want it. Yeah. The only. Which one possibly- is Rowan Atkinson in? Never say never again. Oh. Yeah. First of all, that the existence of the Thunderball never say never again. This is part of what's fun. Like I I watched the whole Halloween franchise a couple of years ago, minus the Rob Zombie ones, and just consumed every bit of trivia I could about the the machinations of keeping this insane franchise, you know, alive for all these years. And the idea of like, the lawsuits and and what counts as canon and then kind of Sean Connery coming back for uh, a lot of money and remaking a movie he already made 20 years ago, but in this way, that's completely different. And then Rowan Atkinson shows up as maybe like one of the only pure funny characters that they have. Like he's, he's there to be hilarious Mm -hmm. in a way that's like, why don't they do
0: that more pair him up with somebody funny. That's good. Yeah. I would happily watch a high concept bond film where he is saddled with something. Like a person or a device or something that just complicates him from doing the James Bond thing, um, yes. the Ian Fleming novel, The Spy Who Loved Me, he's incapacitated, and the girl, the Bond girl, the, this secretary or attaché he brought, he took to bed the night before, is the person who has to finish his mission. And it's written in the first person; and it's her story, and it's really clever. And I, yeah. there is no way that will ever happen as so, a Bond movie, right? They're just they well, can't. Forward,
3: what is?
2: So we're saying James Bond's a code name. Like, what is happening now?
0: Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, they keep showing us his birth certificate. So my my pet theory is that, of course, Bond is a code but in name. In the because... Daniel Craig
2: ones, they've established that it is, or, or I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm confused about so th- what we're saying. The lore is here. Now. The
0: theory is that, uh, and it's a theory I used to subscribe to until the new movies just decided to deliberately and and repeatedly say no, it's not. Um, is that Bond is the code name that comes with 007. You're, you know, like 009 is, right. is
2: that would make sense if there wasn't now like two Vesperlins and two Blofelds and two like a bunch of other weird things. Like it can't yeah. these old characters, characters can't be coming back as well. It's,
0: yeah, it's too cyclical. Plus the fact that Judy Dench was the was the M for both um Rosnan and Craig suggests that they were trying to do some sort of continuity, oh, but they're also doing a soft reset. That. And then with with Bond, his backstory is always the same too which some people have argued is part of the cover, but then what, the like, orphan he was thing? an orphan. He was taken oh, in by a military family. It, it comes up here and there. Um, it's implied. I think it was part of Fleming's books, but it's implied in the Brosnan story. There's like a well, throwaway if line in GoldenEye.
2: true, then like, not. I don't know where spoilers lie on this podcast.
0: Oh, it's true. We're like going to
2: end up- forward, If it's not true, they're fucked.
0: Yeah. It, so it can't be like, they'll just, they'll just erase it. Somebody has suggested that the next Bond film start over and be Casino Royale or Dr. No, one like the original book or the original yeah. film and set it in period and just go forward from there, which would break everything. And I think would be a great way to go. But I also don't think that the current brain trust has any interest in challenging themselves that way.
1: But there's also like a whole. It seems like the whole thing is kind of bloated in a way where there's no consistency from movie to movie with the ch- the choices they're choosing to stick. Like like actors show up as different characters. It, you know, back to back movies. The the I think the Ooh, the, Joe the rotating. Baker. F-
0: Jonah Baker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Or anybody. Like I. I just. Uh, uh, Oh geez i just totally blanked on it there, I, I watched all of these in like a fevered panic like yes yes over two months like two months ago um there is a guy but, who uh, did oh three the, of them
2: yeah the and like, the, the i three like blind mice and dr no is also one of the henchmen in diamonds are forever and is also in goldfinger or something else and you're like yes guy. like are you friends with the producer? like we see you
1: yeah. yeah and also the guy the guy that gets killed by uh Xenia on the top like early in goldeneye who is the Who is the the anal intruder guy from Top Secret, oh, which is a crazy? Right. Like, he also showed up in one of them. Like I can't even remember which one, but it's like that guy's. What are they doing? How are they? Like it seems like it's not Murdoch mysteries. Like there's a, a lot of people you could hire for these <laughs> yeah. movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mad yeah. Adams is
0: in two films as two different women, right? Yeah, that's she's right. The leading in yeah. octopusy, but she's also one of the girls in uh, Golden Gun. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I like one of the speaking of like the all the the Bonds kind of having a different character like or a, a different genre kind of you know ripped off of something else that's popular one of the one the ones that did it in a way that I was I was appreciated that it was kind of just putting Bond in a completely different context is uh, Diamonds Are Forever because he's in America which he's been to before and since but in a way it's like He's really in around Americans. Like yeah. that seems to be like he's really fish out of water in Vegas. He also like, I don't know if there's another movie where he's had to like pretend he was somebody else to gain access somewhere. Like there's a fletch energy to it. Mm-hmm. And like the guy, the guy at the at the the headquarters, whatever the the evil lair yeah. is like, you gotta get out of here, you can't be here, and like doesn't get that it's Bond. So he's suddenly low status in a bunch of scenes and kind of rolls with it. And I don't yeah. know. I really like that a lot. It was a very like yeah, what if, what if was Bond was flesh?
2: What do you think um, about, so Winton Kidd. Yes. I was obsessed specifically with bad guys as a kid, and I had lists of bad guys and all this, and I, I do think they kind of make the genre, but Winton Kidd specifically I think are amazing because- when they hold hands, you see a glimpse of what their home life is sort of like, which is the opposite of how every henchman works. Like their henchmen are built to be killing machines and that's why they're scary. And suddenly they're kind of scarier and more interesting because you're like, oh, they have a whole inner life kind of. But my question is what was at the time of that release, do you think that was a joke or that made them scarier in some sort of homophobic way? like is it what was the how did they think the audience was going to react to that because i feel like it's probably different than how i react which i think it's a very cool choice but i don't think i can't tell if they're making fun of i can't tell how safe it is
1: that, yeah what was the like, joke then you're kind of retrofitting modern uh, attitudes about that into something that maybe we're giving them credit like, where it, it
2: doesn't about. deserve to be yeah. like yeah. Me saying i love Winton kid maybe is wrong of me to say because are they making fun of gay people at all in this movie i can't tell
0: it feels like the movie wanted audience or expected audience to giggle, right? But also to be made uncomfortable. And the actors refused to pander. Like they're, they're so po- grounded they're in it. the moment. Oh yeah. so good.
1: Yeah. Like to even figure out like we're gonna play these weird, messed up characters, but have their strangeness not be anything about being gay. That's just a fact of who they are. Not that there's a right way or a wrong way to play uh, uh gay in, in a movie, but like I mean there there was in really 1970. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. That's I'm I'm looking at it through the modern lens. But yeah, uh, uh, it was fascinating to me to see them being that nuanced and that creepy and strange and not like weak or emasculated. You know, they had their own way around stuff and they were clearly like homicidal maniacs as well.
2: No, they they got around it pretty good by being so overly specific that there wasn't anything general about their performance. There's no Mm -hmm. general idea of homosexuality or how gayness is supposed to be because they're two of the most specific actors ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it does. Like, one work. guy
2: who really looks like he came in off the street, Puttersmith Smith, looks like he's not even an actor. <laughs> like I don't know what they're wearing. And then and then Crispin Glover's dad. Like it's two yeah. outrageous people.
0: Yeah, um, and they know exactly what they're doing with each other, right? Like it's not they they clearly worked on this, or at least they found a rhythm that worked in yes. the and let them go. And and you don't get the feeling that like there are some some Bond films where. Like, even just in terms of No Time to Die, which I guess is the most fresh in my mind, just because we watched it mm-hmm. and Kate hadn't seen it. So we just watched it again a couple of weeks ago. But like, it doesn't know what to do with Remy Malik. It doesn't know what to do with his performance. He is working on his own. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's clearly the only thing that Remy Malik could do in that movie was just be as precise and specific and hissy and quiet and, and that thing with his voice.
3: <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, like, physically, literally, a like, word he, for what he, he was. kind of <laughs> hissy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it's also, such a non-entity as a character that they didn't care what he did. Like I, uh, I don't think it's controversial for me to point out that Carrie, Joji Fukunaga doesn't make movies. He makes scenes. He's only interested in what he can do with an image or an environment. And he's never been able to like connect dots as a storyteller. Um, You know, just like uh, everybody remembers the one or in true detective episode four, where McConaughey takes the shotgun and runs through the the crack house. Nothing has changed from beginning to end. Like the scene when he goes in and when he comes out, he hasn't learned anything or picked anything up. It's a great scene technically, sure. but it's meaningless. And it's flashbacks, flashback.
2: So there's no real stakes to it. That's why yeah. I had to make it a oneer to begin with. It's right. just like, seem like, ah, there's tension because the shot isn't broken, but like yeah. there's no actual tension because we know he survives this.
0: Yeah. So my biggest problem with with No Time to Die is that it is absolutely unconcerned with the bad guys.
2: Are the, is that a case of like Bond movies really spoiling themselves? Like, is there really less work being put? Like, is Remy Malik been given less? Or are they just expecting these actors to show up and fuck and ham it up in a way that's brilliant? So they cast whatever Oscar winner mm-hmm. of recent times wants to show up and be crazy and let him go crazy. And most of the time it works out well.
1: Yeah, but I mean, look and at that, that that's, in, that's in keeping with the idea of them kind of exploiting existing franchises and properties as well, right? Like, yeah. let's get that, like, the big established uh, yeah, award-winning actor. Yeah, a trend
2: of getting whatever, whatever the weirdest dude to last win an Oscar was.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah.
2: The, the,
0: the, the general sense too, but then, actually, wait, no, because then that doesn't explain Mads Mikkelsen and why he's so great in Casino Royale. Right. Simply They're because. Ahead on that one. Because they were and building yet, but yeah, that right? character,
1: but that character is not worthy of him in a way because his plans are so flimsy. Aaron, like I, I texted Aaron about this because that one I think I've somehow seen among the most, and his performance is so captivating that you're not like you're just like wait a second he couldn't just this, he's like middle management yeah he's got nothing about his
2: plans or his position that should be a threat to james bond at all except for that is being played by mads motherfucking mickelson yeah who is dope and uh incredible so you're like oh james bond watch out this guy is the coolest
3: yeah
0: yeah
2: but he is like an accountant like he's nothing and he's like indebted to that he owes money and he's scrambling around like on the page it's a weak character
0: yeah but I I mean, that's the fact makes that sense he, for his first case right like that's why you yeah. send bond to get this guy when he's a rookie that's what i love about it they're on equal footing but each of them is in his own movie and so it doesn't matter
1: hmm. i mean in a way you clearly are powerful if you can uh mid uh poker tournament get somebody to uh slip someone something in their drink that gives them a heart attack i mean that's pretty impressive you gotta you gotta be good there's something you're good at but then you know, the, the fact of how he hires the guy to blow up the plane, and that the last second, they have to get a new guy, and he's just fine with that. <laughs> it's just such a cockamamie plan. And I like that it's about, like, you know, uh, shorting the market is part of
0: the the incentive for him to get all this money. But obviously, when we get back around to the Craigs, I will ask you if, uh, Aaron, if he had stories. But because um, I do. I played
2: poker with the at lunch once, which was a real fantasy can.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. He's good, isn't he? Like he's got oh, yeah. the purpose. I don't remember.
2: I don't remember anything that happened. I, if I won, I would have remembered.
0: And I felt not <laughs> think I ever went head-to-head with him,
2: and I'm sure I tried.
1: That really beats my story of playing backgammon with Mark Consuelos.
0: <laughs> not by much, but it... <laughs> uh, the totality of my interactions yeah. with Mads Mickelson was we were both at a cab stand at the Beverly, uh, the Beverly Hills four seasons for the clash of the titans junket afterwards mm-hmm. i came out he was sitting there just smoking elegantly quietly um and i saw uh, it had been a it was like a panel junket so there was you know 20 people and, and he was part of the, the lineup of, of actors uh the cast and i just said i'm sorry i didn't get to ask you any questions i would have loved to know what it was like to to make a movie like this and he just said it was not challenging and <laughs> i love him for that <laughs> forever Amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. what Ebert and Siskel used to say. um You have to think about whether a documentary of this cast having lunch is more interesting than the movie they've made. Right. <laughs> like, would you want to hang out and just watch them interact as, as people? And the answer is almost always yes for these things. I just saw Uncharted yesterday. It's there. It's right well, That's a video game, right? That's a Yeah. yeah. It now it's a movie. It's big and expensive. And uh Tom Holland still plays Peter Parker. It's really weird to see an actor. Like and just realize, oh, that's his trick. Like he has this one thing that they cast him for in these giant movies, and they is don't he ask. also Spider Man in this movie? No, but he might as well be. Same reaction, same physicality. Like he jumps on stuff. He like short of web swinging, he basically is playing Peter Parker.
1: Well, I will say that <clears throat> uh, almost uniformly, maybe we can agree on this: a video game based on a movie is almost always more satisfying than a movie based on a video game, which brings us to Goldeneye and the Brosnan period.
0: Yes. <laughs> nice. Well played. I'm not going to use any of this, though, because I don't want to Tomo. You should I cut just... out
2: everything that made that transition work, but just keep the transition. <laughs> <there>.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yes. Or just just bleep out everything you want to bleep out with loud bleeps. What are your top three Bond moves?
0: Oh, you're not going to let me do this in chronological order.
1: Oh, no, well, yeah, I do it. I, thought, I thought we had veered off already. What is it's, kind of no, it's, oh, it'll, it'll be like totally 30 fine. seconds, it'll be 30 seconds of
0: movie. We'll just get my top t- I I think honestly, I think Casino Royale is right up there. Um just because it does acknowledge current cinema trends but also gives you an origin story for Bond and gives you Craig who is just so good uh in that role. He just drops right in and owns it and Yes. Okay. There's the, you know, like, do I look like I give a damn about what, whether the martini is shaken or stirred. That's the fan service, but that's as far as they go. They're actually telling a story. And they got Martin Campbell who knows how to do this stuff uh, without any affectation and the elegance of the action, even though it is highly born derivative, you're still coming at it from a place that isn't what Paul Greengrass was doing with the shaky cam and and the kinetic Mm -hmm. energy that he brought to the sequels. It's a great solid movie that happens to be a Bond film. So right up there for me um i'm very is that fond. the one that
1: has him teaching the bartender how to make the martini like where he says the full statement of how you make it like he doesn't just say shake and not stir. It. he gives like full
0: measurements is that the one or is that uh i don't remember that am i crazy don't, am don't, am I, no, no i don't are, think am i making movie. this up i think that no, was definitely there's another movie where someone does it but i don't think it's bond
1: He's not like explaining to him how to. Oh, you can just take this part right out. Then never mind.
0: It's <laughs> possible that it's bleeding into that. Something feels like but... something that would have come out of the Brosnans, right? Like where the, la- the laundry list of Bond stuff had to be checked off over and over again. Like I like GoldenEye, but um, it's very much a photocopy of all the other Bond movies with with a different actor. I prefer. I don't uh, like the
2: Brosnans at all. I just think they, they're not making a choice about what they are. I agree. Like they're kind of. They're, they're too light to be anything, but also like have these dark moments and they're really silly and exaggerated, mm. but also emotionally complex. And it's not pulling any of it off really for me.
0: Yeah. I like to, yeah, I, I think dies if it wasn't for. The
1: Oh, you do? Oh man, tomorrow
2: never yeah.
0: dies. It's the a whole mess. Yeah.
2: It. That's the one with diamonds in his face? That's, the, uh, no, that's, the news that's Michelle Yeoh. Yeo.
0: That's the one with um, oh. Jonathan Price and, and Michelle <laughs> <Yeo>. The <laughs> newspaper just... called Tomorrow. I know, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. But the one good thing about it is that, I mean, it is in a weird way, because it's riding the Asian action wave that was happening right then with Miramax importing oh. all the Jackie Chan movies. And so right. if nothing else, Michelle Yeoh being Bond's equal is really interesting and fun and the action scenes aren't bad. I mean, again, it's Wait, you not. You
2: don't think Denise Richards is equal? Cool? I don't.
0: <laughs> that
1: actually kind of explains Jonathan Price's performance in that because if he's doing it like a uh, a white actor in a Jackie Chan movie playing a villain, <laughs> it tracks perfectly. And now I suddenly respect it in a way I never did before. That
0: is I, hilarious. I hope there's intention behind that performance. <laughs> going, so fun, going,
1: from like, going from like Thunderball and the little, you know, Spectre meetings where they're behind a wall that slides and there's the the, the, the guy, you know, Blofeld is, has controls over the chairs. They can eject or set you on fire. Yeah. And then it cuts to like this just goofy, uh, TV wall of monitors meeting between all these these uh, heads of state that are plotting how to start a war and use the paper. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how far they've fallen. The yeah, sinister right, folk. Yeah. There's always sinister folk in these movies. Yeah. Um, but no, none of the Brosnans makes it on my my top three. I I I always said I liked License to No, sorry, not License to Kill. I hate License to Kill. Um, <gasps> you hate it. License to Kill? I oh. hate it.
2: we're like the only two people I've ever met who have no. It's, no it's
1: a Magnum It's incredible. It's <laughs> so I think because it doesn't feel like a Bond movie to me, it's incredible somehow. But maybe that's that not is, a good reason to love it. But I love it. I couldn't I, believe
0: how much I loved it. I love Benicio del Toro in it. Oh, <laughs> that is about oh,
3: it. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, no. It's, it is, were you going to say The Living Daylights? I like The Living Daylights because I like Dalton. I think he's the one. The problem is, it's a Moore movie with Dalton in it. And he's giving a performance of more gravity than Moore would have in that film. And it works against yeah. the film because the movie is this big, empty, silly thing. Although, so dry. Yeah, to me, I, agree. I, never, I
2: think Dalton's really good, but they never figured out how to use him right. They were, we're in the process because in License to Kill, he's also like a one liner machine mm-hmm. and a revenge man. And you're like, I don't know if this, you're not really an ass kicker or a joke guy either. So we can't, but he's something. He's, yeah, he was very professional. Like, I like James Bond is good at his job. I get that with Dalton.
0: Yeah. It's the thing that Craig has too, which is that they have no inner life, like, they're just not there to do anything other than the thing they do and there's like much more of that in judy dench's performance against craig in the first three of his Mm -hmm. films where she doesn't like she doesn't like him as a person but she respects him as an asset and so there's that weird push and pull and then finally when they have that mother-son relationship in skyfall it pays off in a messy way like they both
2: both of the actors craig adding depth to that emptiness by having like a haunted quality or Mm -hmm. like something sad like a sad little boy somewhere in there where yeah, he's
1: like compartmentalized. He can't really as do that to... in any of the
2: other Bond movies where they're just like, he's good, he's a good spy. You get it. He fucks. Yeah. He's a good <laughs> guy, he's thing. fucked a lot. he's
3: good.
1: You're, you're, you're putting up your walls again, aren't you, James? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> oh, he's I surprised.
2: can tell you.
0: you're putting up walls again. I can yeah. see it. Your emotional
2: intelligence is lacking, Mr. Bond.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was easy for me to manipulate you. I simply had to put this picture in your line of sight. It's like... The idea that that Craig's Bond is like, he's someone who's chosen to cut himself off after Vesper in, in Casino Royale. I mean, it's, <clears> it's obviously very reductive psychologically, but the idea that James Bond isn't that clever and isn't that emotionally aware, he's just good at reacting that yeah. I like. Yeah. And, and watching Craig play that is really interesting. Yeah.
1: Making him like emotionally messy as opposed to cold, even justifies some of the lingering, uh, out of date, sort of sexual conquests that happen in the Craig movies, too, I think, in a way, because he's like clearly using sex to fill a gap or is sort of, you know, clinging for something that feels real or whatever it is, you know, like in the, is it, it's in Skyfall where he, he, um, he meets the S, is it the, the escort that's on the boat that ends up getting killed by Javier Bardem on the island, which is all, I mean, what is that plan, by the way, um, <laughs> on either side? But, uh, there's something about it that it's just sort of like he's drawn, like he, he, I don't know, he seems pained in a way. You said the no inner life thing, but he's able to access it. like, if he hasn't dealt with it, he's still in a lot of pain, you know, and, like, kind of can't control his emotions in a way, which is the freshest part of the Craig things, I think.
2: It's the only time it doesn't exist in the Craig times, this sort of inner life, I think, is, and say what you will about his performance, but I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service has a lot of, like, because it's James Bond falling in love, but there's also a real theme of him being a, a cad in a a fuck machine like there's yeah. a there's a lot of like statement it's it's making about his treatment of women in that movie in a very elevated sort of um almost an outsider's perspective way where the love really bites him in the ass and then he gets he 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 gets it at the end where there's like oh there, it's it's surprising with emotional complexity that movie and part yeah. of what's so surprising is that it's coming from george Lazenby who is sort of Robo-doping you is like, is he good at acting or, or is it just this movie that's good? I can't tell, but I, he's, he really does. He, that end gets me with a gut punch. It's really good.
0: Yeah. Well, no, Tracy is calling him on his bullshit, even though I don't think they had a phrase for that at the time. In yeah. Like, what, 69, right? This was not a time when they were exploring any of this stuff, but that movie does. Uh, and it is in my top three. I think it would be that and like, Casino Royale, Her Majesty, Secret Service, and maybe Goldfinger, where, again, you just have an incredibly dated plot but played with such verve and silliness. Like it is, it's only dated now because it is the blueprint for every think, other- Yeah, I film think it it's where they
2: mastered, they, they're creeping into it with Dr. No and From Russia With Love, but the is where they really master what it is. And it's the thing that gets stolen from. And I, I agree with you. I think Goldfinger is like a weird masterpiece that's not perfect by any stretch, but it's, I mean, it's hard not to put in it in your top three, I don't think.
0: So what are yours? We, we,
2: I, don't really- I agree with you about Honor and Majesty's Secret Service and that it's really elevated and interesting and just like, it feels like a Soderbergh movie. Like, its style and editing is yeah. very, um, uh, like, no other Bond really does what that movie is doing. Um,
1: the bobsled stuff like that.
2: Like, thematically, like, the fact that he falls in love but then has to go to a mission with a chalet full of 20 women and then pretend to be gay is just like, you're like, oh, you're really getting into his sexual politics in a, in a really interesting, like, mature... Like, whoever scripted this was not half-assing it. Um, and then I would say... Because you know what I was up there for me? The Daniel Craig ones in general, though, for me... I also really like Skyfall, but those third acts across the board are all bad, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's really strange. They, because they don't think I care about the bad guy. I think they think I care about Daniel Craig's inner life, and I just don't as much as the bad guy. Mads Nicholson dying at the beginning of Act 3 is very odd. I, I, I'm never on board as much as I am after he dies as I was before. And it's the same with, you know, killing Remy Malik sort of offhandedly, like yeah. he doesn't care. It's It's all those movies do that. I would say Live and Let Die would be in my, along with Goldfinger. Um, it's uh, uh, a real evolution of, I just, it's everything in terms of like sound and style and and brightness. Like when you when you take that sort of the template of Goldfinger and then put it into the seventies, it sort of becomes, or late seventies, late it's, uh, um, it becomes just so electric to me where, I mean, again, I I could be trapped. And that was the first one I saw, but I also like no notes, just love it. His plan is ridiculous. It's, it's elevated in a silly way that is completely original to James Bond's. And that's the thing that James Bond can offer you that I think no other real um, uh, like brand, I guess, can, can offer is it has its own thing despite it aping from other movies all the time. And live and, let, live and let die seems very true. You know, it's a black exploitation y thing. It's, it seems very true
0: to me. Yeah. And you have Yafet Koto sort of puncturing the black exploitation part, right? Like he is so mm-hmm. self aware and so interesting that it, it refuses, he refuses like single handedly to condescend to a British person's view. That's
2: not. I, I mean, I don't, I, you saw it more recently than I did, and It's like how yeah. its treatment of the Harlem and culture.
1: Did it ever feel off to you or dated? I mean, I, de- I don't know anything about voodoo, so it's hard for me to comment on those like climactic scenes. Maybe, like, you. I really I don't even want to go near that because I I don't know, and I I meant to look it up. But you know, I was t- part of what was fun about texting Aaron in real time as I watched these twenty six movies was like he he's very good at not blowing things, even if I'm being like, well, hold on, this can't he can't he just he just hit this woman. What are we talking about? Or like you know, in like at the beginning of Thunderball when he coerces the uh, the the massage therapist into having sex with her, him. And it's just like these ugly things, but there's stuff that happens in live and let die that he didn't give away that actually like, Oh no, it comes back on him or, or uh, uh, um, what's her name? Dr. Quinn's uh, what's the actor's name? Solitaire. Yeah. Right. That she Jane Seymour ends up being like a way more, a way uh, more fleshed out character than you might think at the beginning. Um, and that whole the whole thing with the virginity and all that's very weird. But he tricks her into
2: taking. He tricks her into taking her virginity, right? Right,
1: right. But then she gets a that's she gets great. Great. She gets a one up on him at some point, doesn't she? Or well,
2: she sort of says after that scene, like I knew it. I I was in. Like she doesn't she be like I know what you're. I know. It, she she, right. she she's always smarter after the fact. She reveals that she sort of knows. I don't remember. Yeah, she I think that's what it was. Through.
1: But I also think that, that, yeah, that that was it was impossible not to, if you can watch something with a super fan of it and have them let you in. I mean, living at 11, especially imagining uh, my one of my best friends being, how old are you, 10, 11 when you watched it? Sure. So something just like, I
2: you is if it would start at eight, staying up to 10 to watch it was past my bedtime considering. Right
1: yeah yeah i mean that that thrill alone and even just like the if we're talking just on opening credit sequences like so from between the the song and the flaming skulls and like man man. with a
2: hook for a hand the guy from the seven up commercials it's really terrifying (laughs) all of it when i was a kid i was like what he's here what do we do? like what is this
0: yeah are you allowed to do these things
2: yeah yeah it feels like you're watching like it was the same feeling as like watching Blues Brothers or something, where you're like, as a
1: kid, you're like, "These are what
2: adult movies are! Holy <laughs> sh! This is exactly what I dreamed they
1: would be like." Right. <laughs> and isn't the the, the whole uh, Yaphet plan in that is kind of the inverse of Goldfinger, right? Because he's like, instead of Goldfinger, he's radiating all the gold so that they it's his they can't gold, use it, yeah. so his gold is worth
0: more. Yeah, he's creating scarcity. But he's his basically
1: and in 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 in. Uh, Living like that, he's addicting everybody to heroin for
2: he's free. flooding the market with heroin. Yeah, right. So that everyone becomes addicted, and all the other heroin dealers will be run out of business, and then he'll be the only dealer standing, and the world will be addicted to heroin.
0: Yeah, which I mean, it's a perfect Come business model yeah. when you think
1: about it. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's called Chef's Kiss. Yeah. It's a lost starter. It makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Okay. It's it's, it's 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 Amazon Prime Video. That's what they do.
0: I mean, if we're talking about ridiculous plots. There are several. (laughs) Um, I do. I I love the fact that the Bond films, even with the same actor playing Bond within the the space of two or three movies, will go from the mundane to the absolutely ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still don't know what the plot, what the core uh, aim of the Spy Who Loved Me plot is. I think Stromberg wants to start a war. They always want to start a war, so that he can live under this.
2: Isn't it the same as Moonraker but underwater?
0: Yeah, underwater world. He wants to have a yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wants to wipe out everybody and live underwater, and then Moonraker right. Drax wants to wipe out everybody genetically and then recolonize Earth with his hot space women. Oh which, yeah, right, right. You know the science works, I suppose. Uh, but, <laughs> but isn't that the same works? The science works. That's isn't the word that the use. same plan as No Time to Die? Like we never, I, I realize watching No Time to Die again, we never find out what the plan is. We never find out who he's planning to wipe out. It's just a bunch of people to purify the world. But,
2: but, oh, is it is you know, it not right. like uh, Thanos? Like he just is like, there's too many people, half of you need to go. Fate will figure out which who who the gas gets. I is that think, what it is or is it targeting countries? Well, no,
0: but it's targeted, right? Like it has to be targeted oh, yeah, because it's genetic. Then, so, so he's going he never, going never, after say, he never someone.
2: says, I'm racist against the following countries. That's yeah, who I want gone.
0: Exactly. The Belgians okay. will go now. You never get a sense of it plus also i mean the more i think about it that that whole poison island thing where they're they're apparently they're mining nanites in a pond i don't think that's how that works but it doesn't really matter because they also have all those dna samples in the walls that they then blow up it's just like okay it's a beautiful set but what the hell are you doing why is this movie two hours and 43 minutes without telling me what's going on Mm. i'm still that might be the
1: craziest plan that they just sort of gloss over that this is it's totally a thing you can accept. Like they don't even really explain or even attempt to explain the science of it. It's just it's just it really is a frequent
2: mistake that Bond's movies make where they think I don't give a shit about the bad guy when that's why I'm there. He's the he's yeah. the variable. So like he's the new attraction. You've gotta if it's a zoo, you like you're bring you're you gotta show me the, the tiger and you gotta tell me how the tiger does everything and you gotta like you gotta bring you in. You wanna
1: watch like, the pandas have sex. That's yes, what we're there
2: for. I, we always like <laughs> The skill over bad guy stuff is crazy. Well, that's why I think my favorite ones. I don't care about the rest of it. I really don't. Not as much. It's all. I got a new actor who's awesome. He's gonna have a new scar and a new weird plan and a new (laughs) what? I want to know all of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I liked uh, *Skyfall* so much because it really was like. I mean, as as crazy as the plans are, at least Javier Bardem's character is like behind it all, and he's on top of it. Yes. Right, and then like. I still I I don't know that there's a moment in any of the bar movies I like better than when he's trying to shoot both him and M through the the head with the same bullet. And then he just gets stabbed in the back and turns around and just goes, oh, he's so like, mom, don't like he's got this crazy. I don't even I don't know how you direct him to do it that way. It's just one of the craziest
0: moments in a movie I've ever seen. I just want to believe they found it in the moment, like a prop didn't work or something. And he reacted and they just kept it. We did it again because <laughs> it's great it is and yeah. it's, it's it's just, just like, unpredictable and lively i don't like baked potatoes like it's really a weird <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's petulant but he's you know he's terrifying in this really economical way where he pulls out the mouth thing and he's got the 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 Droop, the cyanide yeah. Uh, yeah oh man so good yeah. and, and you have like, a...
2: two full speeches to bad bad guy oh
1: yeah
2: and that's that's like usually they just give these guys one and if they don't give them any, it's a big problem. But like yeah. two, he's got the face one and he's got the one where he's touching James Bond's thighs. Both of them are amazing.
1: Oh, where he's like, what, what about the one where he, his entrance where he like walks That's all one. the way and then he, he sits the right thing in front of him right. and starts. Oh yeah. Right.
2: He gets yeah. like weirdly like, I'll I'll I'm just like you only I like fuck
0: everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, to that, to that end, the way that series, the way the Craig films deal with Blofeld, where he really isn't anything, like because they can't, yeah. the reveal doesn't come till the end of of Spectre, and everybody knows it. Because why would you cast Christoph Waltz? And then to have him disp- dispatched the way he is in in No Time to Die, which I kind of love, the idea that he's you know boasting about all this stuff he's done, but really he dies as an afterthought. Bond doesn't I know. I like know that's great, but I don't know that the movie knows it. Like, I don't know that.
2: Well, the movie, you think like the movie, like, we made a mistake. None of this works. Let's just pretend this never happened and move on.
3: Yeah, because yeah. it feels like. Then you then know, I'm also like...
2: fine with that. At least the movie acknowledged its mistake because it was a mistake. It was never. It never it didn't work. <laughs>
0: Tying everything of all five of those movies to brother. the same family, right? Like um, and then because everything has to be backstoried, then that that ex- explains why Satin is connected to Leia Siddu's character. But who mm. it doesn't matter. It's not necessary. None of Don't, this is yeah. necessary. That's why
1: I'm saying, like, that's why they all felt like the Chris Nolan Batmans or, or you know, which also those movies, like superhero movies uh, suffer from like, we don't need you to explain. You don't have to retell. We don't need to know how Spider-Man got bit again. Yeah. So to need to connect all those things that really you were like, I mean, we've talked about the the weird, empty significance of the Blofeld reveal anyway, because who is that for? Mm-hmm. Right. Except yeah. for like that's people crazy. that he like builds a whole
2: monologue, to the reveal of him saying Blofeld, which is a name that means nothing to James Bond. It only right. means is it's embarrassing.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they, like he hasn't been mentioned once in the Craig Bonds, right? At all. Like he's not a presence.
2: I mean, There's he, no... He's it right down the lens. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, no, yeah. it's
0: pure fan service. It's, yeah. it's funny because I could make an argument. Everybody hates Star Trek Into Darkness because of the con thing. But the way that Cumberbatch plays the scene where he reveals who he is and no one knows who he is, is great because he is an egomaniac who wants to be recognized as this great butcher of the 1990s. And no one's like, who? I don't, why do like, it's for the audience, but Cumberbatch found a way to play it. That made it work. Like he
1: acknowledges that he's not, he's underappreciated.
0: Yeah. I think and, a lot yeah, of the things so old
1: did
2: better that like, I think Ennis is right. Superhero movies now do this a little too much. And the, the Daniel Craig's did this too much, which is it thinks in order to be emotionally Engage with the hero, I need to know everything about his full life and everything like that. But really, when it's especially a superhero, if the bad guy is awesome and brutal and I want him to lose, I'm emotionally engaged. That's all the emotional engagement I need. And that's where to invest in my emotional engagement is actually on the bad guy's side and making him so bad.
0: Yeah, you make know? him a worthy adversary. Give him, him a, a chance. worthy
2: adversary as opposed to, well, this movie we're going to learn about this is this new chapter of Batman's orphanage where he was in the thing, or like Daniel Craig was. We're going to relate. They're going to be brothers, and that's why you care. And you're like, no, I don't. I, you know, the fact that Blofeld's his brother doesn't mean anything to me.
0: Yeah, to the point where in No Time to Die, they actually have to say, "Well, it's good that he's not your real brother because yeah, he's not gonna Do it. Oh, oh,
2: yeah, oh.
0: yeah. And there's probably one person at the screening going, "Oh, right, 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 right." Like it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: okay,
0: oh. so where are we now?
1: We have Ennis. Uh, you're three. I mean, I, I think I'm going to do favorite favorite something else is what I'm going to do. No, uh, uh, <laughs> I think um, one thing I wanted to mention that, like, I watched them in such a crazy order, half half off Aaron's recommendations and half off I would start them. Well, I don't them. think I knew you were going to watch them all. So I was like, well, here are the ones. Yeah, but I also, like, wanted to save some of them. Like, I, I watched uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service and Live and Let Die Near the End because I kind of got, like, the Brosnan ones, I guess, were the ones I sort of watched with the most awareness of the, what I was watching, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause everything before that was, it was just tangential and peripheral, but uh, I, my criteria was I'll watch the opening sequence and the credits. And if I'm not hooked from that, I'm moving to another movie. So a lot of the Bond movies I watched like the first 15 minutes of. <laughs> so, so somehow in a way, I just think it needs to be honorable mention because it's one of the most original ones, I guess, in the, in the execution as well. And, and I'm a sucker for like, but none of the none of the stuff where he goes undercover should work ever. That's the other crazy thing. It's like you want to tie these movies together, and he's the world's greatest super spy, but he can still sneak into places. Yeah, it's using his own image. name. Yeah,
2: with yeah. no disguise.
1: Yeah, no disguise. And that's the that's the one where, where it's View to a Kill, where Christopher Walken is like trying to. Uh, get him to sit still in time for him to scan him with his like old commodore 64 (laughs) computer under the auspices of selling him a stallion and he's just like got like he just presses two buttons his picture scans in like eight-bit technology uh like the opening is uh, like like a a cutscene from like double dragon or something like that and then it just says like super spy license to kill and that's that that to me was those are the uh That's the wheelhouse, I think, for me. So I'm going to put view to a kill in some sort of weird special category all on its own. But uh, I think Live and Let Die is up there. And I think I'm going to have to go Skyfall because that's the home alone one. And I think that needs uh, its own. Like I liked, I really like to think of the brain trust and the broccolis all sitting around being like, what are we going to, what's the the new high thing? And they with that.
2: brain the, trust, we should just call it, say, the broccoli's for everything instead yeah. of brain trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta go
1: meet with the broccoli's yeah, and the bro- figure out bro- if the food. broccoli's
2: are having a real powwow in there.
0: <laughs> I like yeah, Skyfall so, a lot. I, I I think the only problem I have with it is that the high points are all in the first hour. Like the, the Home Alone yeah. stuff just slows it down a little. And then I, we have say, that, I
2: think I think that would have been all the trades. Like they're all pretty But good. it's
0: shorter.
1: It's shorter than the rest of the Craig's, I think, right? Isn't it like sure? That is like, the best
2: bad guy. Yeah, I, I, Quantum
0: I so. is the only one that comes in under two hours in the last thirty years. Oh my god! Yeah, outrageous. And no one remembers it. Like we're not I don't even, remember one. I don't think it's we not even, even the, Not even the Broccolis. They don't want to remember it. I remember the stadium. That's all I remember. There's a scene at an opera stadium. I don't know, like a, a which movie? Quantum of Solace. There's oh. the big open air space where where all of uh, quantum meets before they become Spectre, and also like again, it's a it's a the big reveal that quantum is Spectre means nothing to anyone who isn't a Bond fan. It doesn't mean anything in the universe. Right. Um, and then they dispense with Spectre anyway in No Time to Die because that movie drove me crazy because
2: it starts with this big thing where they 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 kidnap Mr. Smith or whatever his name is.
0: Right, yeah, it's immediately and after, then, minutes you know, after. to me.
2: retrieve him, James Bond goes to this place and then has this whole adventure. And the fact that the movie doesn't end with him recapturing Mr. Smith really drove my OCD crazy. <laughs> like, this was an entire sidebar. This movie was nothing. you, you opened it, uh, it, it still makes me, I can't explain why it makes me feel so weird, but it doesn't feel right at all.
1: It's the middle of a trilogy, right? Like, there's yeah, no actual- it doesn't actual... feel like a
2: connect. it's not, you're like, this is a- it's a chapter in a book as opposed to an actual movie. This is not. It feels incomplete. And yeah. Thoroughly.
0: Yeah. And none of the bonds had taught us to expect that before, right? This was the right. first time they'd really, other than maybe like the opening of *Fear* is only where he finds Blofeld, who is yet wow. another actor because they couldn't get anybody to come back. And yes, it's a head in a, oh, the, like the, the, guy wheelchair in the wheelchair thing at the beginning. The yeah, back well, of the head, that was yeah. like
2: a lawsuit thing, right? Wasn't there? They like. That was part of those lawsuits, but the never say never again people. where They were like, "But we yeah, have the, lost right the to rights blows. to they the name. We're, like, man. Well, we're killing him. You, you don't get him."
0: Yeah, and we should talk about the the Thunderball thing uh, just a little bit because the the original movie it. is it like, gets bloated, but a lot of fun. Um, and then it's got never say never again. And scuba fights. And, yeah, you no, know, it's, it's the scaling I up, match. right? Like that's the one where it all oh. starts to to tilt over into madness, where yeah. Goldfinger uh, is an escalation from from Russia with Love. And then Thunderball is tripling down on everything that they thought people liked about Goldfinger. And it sends, like, it creates this splinter timeline.
2: Virtually, it is the escalation from Shirley Bassey to Tom
3: Jones.
0: Yes! (laughs) Exactly! Wow,
1: yeah. There's nothing sleek about it at that point.
3: (laughs)
0: Just more horns. And strutting.
1: And that that was the tagline,
2: I think, for uh,
0: (laughs) I imagine more it, you
2: saw this more recently, but then are those underwater fights are, they're gotta be boring.
1: The Thunderball ones are still good. The Thunderball ones are still good. That's what's oh, shocking better than me about than that movie. Never Say Never
2: Again ones? I assume there's a bunch of Never Say Never Again as well. Just yeah, underwater they, I mean, they, spear fights.
1: It's, but there's something about it that's like, that will never, like a snowmobile chase and uh underwater like scuba fights with spears will never not be cool to me in some way. It's okay. just some like and and like a guy in a tux of the jetpack, you know what i mean? Like that's sure. yeah. that's just uh, uh aside from all the reprehensible stuff that he does in in that movie, um it's uh yeah, that that, that whole that really works for me because it really seemed like the, they they were actually inventing like bad guy layers and the, you know, walking into an unassuming office that's a front for a secret organization that runs the world and all that, even like having a button that, you know, sets a chair on fire. I love that
0: in a yeah. board meeting, you know. Yeah. The Ken Adams sets are, yeah. I think, as important to the to the series' success as anything else. Like that production yeah. design right. is just so important.
2: Like, I imagine, like, there was nothing like that at the time, right? So it was a real, like, er- everyone's minds were blown by this, like, evil organization and kimonos and yeah. high chairs yeah. and all this stuff. I mean, that's, that changed the universe. Like, that's such a great, uh, design of a world and it's so specific and clear it's just uh it's so imaginative like of course this this franchise deserves everything it's got
0: yeah and connery who we really haven't talked about is also just as essential i i kind of before we ran out of time i really wanted to deal with with his importance. Um, He plays a version of the character, you know, like he's, he set the tone for everyone who, who followed, but he's also deviating from Fleming's conception in an interesting way. Like he's, he's this young unknown actor who, you know, he'd made movies before, but nothing that put him in front and center in the way this does. How did he deviate from the Fleming stuff? He's, uh, he's much funnier. He's looser. He's like, he's snippier even because the, the Fleming character as written is. He's a blunt instrument, which is what Craig is doing. Like he's not interested in uh, in anything other than killing the person who's supposed to be killed. And the the drinking and the sex and the travel are all just the things he does when he's not killing people. And that's something that Craig captures really, really well. Well, you got to unwind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like Connery is unwinding. Craig is killing time. That's what Connery brought. Like he's he brought somebody who loves his work and uses it as an excuse to bother people and, and annoy people. Like just the, the, the pissy way he deals with everyone who is any higher authority than he does. Um, mm. he, there's an entitlement to his performance. that I always found really fun because this is a guy who can kill anybody he wants to like Connery is the only actor who's played that Liberty or someone who just like, you know, you can insult me if you want to, but I can shoot. you.
2: Yeah. It would right. be really interesting to see Connery do. On Her Majesty's Secret Service and fall in love. It would have been really something. To watch him get his heart ripped out would have been really
3: something.
0: Yeah, and I think it was written for Connery, like I'm sure. for for that version of Bond rather than the actor to yeah. to watch him go on the back foot and not know what to do and from scene to scene and, and fumble in a weird way towards the victory, which is also his greatest tragedy awaiting for him.
1: It's, mm-hmm. What was yeah. the deal with that? Did he declare he said he wasn't going to do anymore after you only live twice, right? Uh,
0: yeah, he was just out.
1: Is that what it is? He was just out, and then they were they like, "No, we'll pay you whatever you want. Yeah, I think right. the contracts are all five movies.
0: Right? Yeah, it was a, a five-movie deal, and I think the offer, I don't know that this is actually true, but the apocryphal story is that the offer was for 50% more than he'd made for all five or something, and it just wasn't enough, and he wasn't interested, and his back was bad, so he just didn't want to do it. And then they gave him a million dollars for Diamonds Are Forever, and he's like, okay. But you can tell he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> That's also one of the reasons that he works so well there, where he's playing someone, uh, as, as you said, in his lower status, because he doesn't want to be there, and it radiates well, outwards. When I
2: watch that movie, is like, oh, they really tried to. They're like, look, what if we set it in Vegas? How about that? And he's like, all right, all right, I'm listening. but like they're just trying to make a movie that he would want to do as part of like right. what it seems. And he's like, oh, who are you dating? She can be in it. Is she? Is she? In, does she act? <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, all Bond movies should be made that way at this point. Would, and these would, two
2: gentlemen I get to punch, they get to be homosexuals, yes?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that was
2: thing
1: crucial that, for him. To, that, 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 was thing, that was a deal breaker. That movie spends a long time with people impersonating voices too, which I love that like of all the things that they present technologically that that Q shows them, that to me seems the craziest, that they have like just, just normal tech, tech that works in that world where you can just... If you had that, wouldn't you use that in every movie? <laughs> like we can immaculately yeah, impersonate off. you. You just set up meetings. You just get phone numbers and set up meets, and then ambush the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. There has yet to be a single Bond movie where he's waiting for someone, right? When the light comes on and he's in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: right. Also, just very odd that like most of them. I understand sometimes it's like there's a missile that's about to be launched, so he's got to get the codes or whatever. But a lot of them are just like. Why doesn't he just shoot this guy in
3: the face? Like he's yeah. got to
2: get undercover and become his friend and blah blah. And you're just like, but he's the guy. You know he's the guy. So just shoot him in the yeah. face. I don't know. just stop him. What is all this? Yeah, <laughs> like
0: there's that, not like, like there's a tribunal. A
2: building across the street would be a much more effective James Bond
1: in almost all of these. Yes. He doesn't that's need just... to do all of this.
0: Yeah, he's not. He's not bringing people to justice. He's the executioner. Yeah, there's no, there's no like internal not, it's affairs. It's
2: gathering proof. Like, it's not like they're taking going to, going to trial. So it's I yeah. don't get a lot of the a lot of this undercover stuff is so strange.
1: Yeah, they're not they're not dealing with like inadmissible. They're like this isn't admissible. You got this under duress. We can't yeah. use that. It's like no, you did whatever you had to they do. Talk
2: about him like he's an assassin, but he they have assassins also in the world who are just like <laughs> basically, which kill from afar. He should be one of those.
0: They're the ones who go rogue, who Bond has to go kill. Right, That's the other thing. There's always like 004 who's just like,
2: well, you know. Beating his best friend and joining his army of assassins and then being like, aha! But for no reason.
0: Shit, that would be a great book. Sleeping with
2: his woman. It's a lot of, uh, he's making the bad guy like a shame. He's he's, he's more like the punisher. He's just taking everything from him, piece at a time. Getting him angry.
1: But with more cucking.
2: Yeah, a lot of cucking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's Uh. where we have to end it.
1: That's <laughs> and not
0: only, is a good, yeah. The, not the, yeah. only are we running out of time, but the idea that Bond would now join someone else's organization, infiltrate, spend an entire movie working his way up to a position where it's like, and I slept with your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the bullet. Just, just a little flick in the nuts before he <laughs> <laughs> re- re- repoints re the laser. All right. Quick right off the top of your head, who do you want to be the next Bond? Ennis, go.
1: I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> i I I think there should be funny bond i can't think of who it should be specifically but tom Hardy did a joke real
2: good i mean i don't he is yet to not be engaging to me and i i I mean i'm sure there's there's several no-name guys i'm always rooting let's let's elevate a no-name guy let's get that's like always a nice story but
1: but that's the thing, just the whole Idris Elba thing, like he wouldn't be the right kind of Brit and da-da-da. It's like, who cares? Like, just reinvent the character. You clearly are fine with reinventing whatever you feel like on the fly, you know? Yeah. Idris
2: Elba's great. But I, Idris Elba's 50?
1: Yeah, yeah and who can, he
2: doesn't look it? Like, he's not- like, What about the Bridgerton guy? Reggie Reggie Jean Page. He's young, he's fit, he could do it. Yeah, he's the favorite right now in Vegas. Interesting. And then Henry Cavill and then Tom Hardy. Henry Cavill?
1: He's super just leave him as Superman. What do we I mean him to be? He was a good Superman. It's Ooh, like having I mean, Time Lord Norton, be you Mario. Know
2: James Norton is? Isn't he? Isn't he that little comedian who looks like a lemur?
3: <laughs> no,
2: no, you're no, talking about like Jim, know Jim, 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 Jim Norton. Jim Norton, yeah. Jim
0: Norton. Yeah, you're talking Jim about Norton. Jim Norton. He looks <laughs> like a lemur. <laughs> James Norton's in oh, he's from Granchester and Happy Valley. I've <laughs> seen him in stuff. Richard Madden, Jamie Dornan. Sure.
1: It's more of the
2: same. It depends on what kind of Bond movie you want. And I think I'm a little emotional exhausted from this guy. It was great, but like, let's have a lot of fun. Let's have great sequences, crazy bad guys. And therefore I'm going to say something like Tom Hardy. I don't know enough about Reggie Jean Page. I'm sure he's great. I saw his SNL and he seems perfect,
0: but. Mm-hmm. I um, want Riz Ahmed. It'll never happen. Oh, great Oh, choice. Done and
1: done yeah. and done.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll never rip. happen. He is too much of a deviation, I think, for for the Broccolis. But oh, think about mean, like He's now that, straight up because of racism. Yeah, real, is that what you're no, racism definitely part of it. They are going to cast another white guy. I, I just like look at look at what they've done they with are. the Craig movies. There's no way they're going to deviate. There's no way they're going to take a real risk. Well, what about the actor? What about the the uh, the
1: black actress in, in the last one that was Delilah oh, Lynch? Briefly. She'd yeah. be great,
0: but I think they have she to live right? sleep. She yeah she's around uh, but right. they're they gonna to wipe the, wipe the, the slate, slate and start again right because they have to they can't go with the continuity which is a shame because we lose Ray Fiennes and, and everybody else uh, again oh. they were all they were all rock solid so weird but if they start with a new Bond then they can't have another 007 right so it can't be Lashana Lynch unless she gets reassigned and then that's a whole dumb thing no Riz Ahmed is somebody who would be he'd be great because he's charismatic as hell he could do the yep. action scenes he can do whatever he wants but casting uh Casting a character of South Asian extraction, and someone who is part of the Commonwealth but brings all that baggage in—yeah, he could play all of it. I oh yeah, that idea—it's so good. Have you, have you made any calls? Have you called the Broccoli's about <laughs> this? Was, I've interviewed him a couple of times now, and it never comes up. But I, 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 I think he's the guy I want to see get the part. Like Pedro I get it. He's he's amazing in everything, but he's old and I don't think he wants like not old, but he's too old to do 10 years. Like if yeah, you cast yeah. him now, he's 60 when he makes his fourth movie and his knees aren't that great now. I'm pretty sure that's wow, why he's on he's... the horses all the time.
1: It's also like that he gets asked about that every time he does any movie press ever. And I'm sure like the, pro- the problem is that the the fire won't stop burning on for him. Or for up uh, for fans of his, so it keeps getting asked, and then he keeps saying something about it because they ask him so much, mm-hmm. and he's probably just doing. it. But then it becomes like the it trended because it came. Like I can't believe the number of times I've seen Idris Elba trending on Twitter, and it's because someone else said he should be Bond, yeah. and there's nothing new about it. Like,
0: yeah, it really no, I think,
1: seems like it's not even a real thing. It's just invented by fans at this
0: point. Yeah, you've got to. I think they've got to cast somebody. Well, they also think. It, I
1: think it's like a, they know that
2: it's. they secretly know that the broccolis are are opposed to a non-white option so they just keep they won't let it go until they admit it
1: <laughs> that's that's fact now that's canon no, but they won't no but it's a gut feeling i mean yeah, i think it's, like a, i think what about like daniel kaluuya or something like that if they want to go with someone choice. who's like kaluuya hot, off the, hot off the price. like you know what i mean buzzworthy award-winning yeah. actor yeah come on great choice
0: yeah i mean wherever it goes i i think I, I want the one thing, it, the one thing I want the most is the one thing it won't give me, which is genuinely surprising me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that
3: won't happen. You're
0: correct. That's not what they're interested in. And no. especially now that these things cost, you know, $250 million, the return on investment is so high that they can't take chances, or at least they convince themselves that they well, that's can't why take chances.
2: They get into a thing where they might surprise you with somebody, a bat, like a, a choice that's like a big name, because they're like, this ensures our money back a little bit. So let's actually think outside the box but it's to get Hugh Jackman yeah Hugh Jackman and you're like oh right. well it's, yeah so I'm like now what are we doing yeah like I like the clean slateness of an actor I don't have associations anywhere else is really yeah nice. I just doubt that that we might not ever see that again
1: the one thing I want to have them bring back is the guy in I think it's Uh, What are the three movies? It's in uh, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me and is it Moonraker that has the gondola that turns out to have wheels and drives up into the when he's in Italy in in Venice? Yeah. Because there's okay, Yeah. And then and then um, and then Free Rise Only right after that. So those three in a row, because, yeah, The Spy Who Loved Me has the the car that turns into the submarine, right? The Lotus. Yeah. And then yeah, the Lotus. Right. And then all three of those movies have the guy who like is sitting at a table drunk and like looks at his bottle to see if he's really seen what he's seeing. They got to bring that guy back. Or just something like that that's in all of them. Just a guy who has to be like, oh, did I see that? A car turned into a sub. I love it. You can do uh, it. Just, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. just Rob Schneider for two seconds in yeah, yeah. each other.
0: <laughs> My thanks to Aaron and Ennis, whom you can see goofing around with each other on Children Ruin Everything, the entire first season of which is now streaming on Craven Canada and available on demand through your cable provider. It's also available via the CTV app. It's really good. And you can also enjoy watching Aaron and Ennis destabilize multiple episodes of Blindspot over its five-season run, and while their SimCast episodes on Quick Change and Three Amigos, respectively, are currently unavailable on our feed, I'm working on something that'll put them back into your life in time for our seventh anniversary later this month. You can find Ennis on Twitter at Ennis Esmer, all one word, and Aaron at Mr. Aaron Abrams, which is also one word. The mister is just Mr. And you can find the Bond films scattered all over the place depending on which movie and which format you prefer. I would, of course, recommend the excellent Blu-rays released by MGM and Sony Home Entertainment over the years. The Craig films are also available in 4K now. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com where I host the Now What podcast every Friday in addition to writing far too many words about movies and television. And you can find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast. S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at movie.com. Our theme song is by the last year. If you like it or the show in general, please say so. Leave a review wherever you've been enjoying us. Every little bit helps. It truly does. And, you know, make it a 7th anniversary present. That'd be cool. While you're there, check out the other shows on the Frequency Podcast Network. Stay safe, watch movies, wear a mask if you go out, get your booster when you can. I'll see you next time.